Hello and welcome to another episode of I Can Never Be here on the amazing Popcorn Talk Network. This is a special episode. This is episode number 5050, which is incredible. It's such an incredible uh, feeling to know that we've had 50 guests in. We've had 50 incredible stories, 50 inspirational stories, sharing with you that the people who you see as successful, that you see on your TV screens and movie screens and you go to their concerts, that their lives growing up, not much different than yours. They are going through the same struggles. They're hitting the same walls. The only difference is that they continue to push through and you can push through just as well. And our guest today, uh, incredible, her story as well. It's definitely a Hollywood discovery, but that was a long time ago. And since then, she's worked incredibly hard to stay on top of her game and an incredible project coming out. But as always, start the episode with some advice for a better life. And today's advice for a better life is that everyone gets lucky People who work hard just get lucky a little more often. And you're going to see people in your life that it's like, how did they get, like, oh, they got lucky. Oh, they got lucky. And it's true. People do get lucky. But hard workers get lucky a lot more because they put themselves in the positions to get lucky. They put themselves in front of the right people, in front of the right situations, in the right atmospheres. And that is how you get, quote, unquote, lucky. Because luck You know, it is maybe actual 5% luck and 95% you putting yourself in the right position. So again, you're going to see people who get lucky, but the people who work hard get lucky quite a few more times. So work hard and you'll get lucky a lot more if you want to know the secret to being lucky. Today's guest maybe has been a lucky little bit, but certainly has been an incredibly hard worker. Again, such a, a Hollywood story. She was discovered in a grocery store, which is incredible. Starred in Wayne's World, starred in True Lies, so many other projects. Her latest project coming out later this year on Netflix, AJ and the Queen, looks incredible. We're going to talk with her about it here in just a few seconds. Please welcome Tia Carrere. Hey! Tia, thank you. Thanks for having me here on such a momentous occasion. Such a mom- I feel like we needed some champagne or some cake. We I feel like do. I let it, let it down. But uh, I had you know. some at home too. You had you some at home. You forgot to call and tell me. Ah, yeah. Ah, I didn't. Lost I didn't have opportunity. Service. Didn't have service earlier today. It just didn't work out. But <laughs> popcorn uh, and champagne, though. A little popcorn weird. and weird. champagne. Yeah, a little like a ritzy, ritzy movie theater. <laughs> um, I am so excited to a, be able to talk with you about your uh, incredible career and with AJ and the Queen. Let's just get into that. Get into that right away because that. It, that is going to be an incredible project. And you say, I think you were just shooting it the other day, too, right? And it comes out later this yeah, year? Yeah, just a couple of days ago mm-hmm. we wrapped, and it's with uh, RuPaul, mm-hmm. who the world will see as a wonderful actor. Because people don't know him as an actor right yes. now. Yes, with Drag Race and everything, he's great, mm-hmm. he's funny, he's witty, he's quick. But as an actor, he's also heartbreaking and a great comedic presence mm-hmm. and, and just just so charming. And Michael Patrick King, who created, uh, he uh, was a showrunner, Runner, producer mm-hmm. of, of uh, Sex in the City, mm-hmm. um, amazing Joni Marchenko, who did a Willing Grace, and uh, just unbelievable cast of people on it. It's it's a great. Were, great were show. you surprised about Rue's acting? I mean, were you thinking that it would be different than maybe what you saw on set? Uh, everybody uh, assumes that it's a reality show, and I say no, no, this is an, a real acting job. So um, when I first sat down for the read through, I mean, there's maybe 20, 30 mm-hmm. people at Warner Brothers, and you know, you're on your best game, and everybody's sitting, getting ready to read their parts in the script. 
and just the uproarious laughter and, you know, the heartbreak and everything in between. And I think it really opened people's eyes to what uh, Rue can do. And your character is Lady Danger, which I don't, I mean, what are we expecting from Lady Danger? I know. Well, I can't say too much. Spoiler alert. But uh, I play Lady Danger, and I am very dangerous. <laughs> uh, and Josh Segarra, uh, a fine actor, and I, we're sort of like, uh, Michael Patrick King says, we're like Boris and Natasha. Um, <laughs> very nice. Seen through the lens of a David Lynch film. It's sort of uh, Lynchian Boris and Natasha. It's, it's hilarious. It's crazy. It's absolute insanity. Um, but it's, was yeah. it like when you were reading the script? I, mean, I don't know how it normally is. When you're getting the script, was this like every page you were like, "This is getting crazier and crazier," well, and like it was crazy to start with, but as subsequent, you know, there are ten episodes, and it yeah. just evolves and devolves into madness. <laughs> so I'm like, "What am I doing in this script? Holy cow!" <laughs> So uh, I was discovering it with everyone else. Yeah, well, we're very excited. I think, yeah, it's later this year on Netflix, which, yes. yeah, we will definitely be tuning in. And again, if you want to be able to find out maybe specific, I'm sure she's going to be talking about our social media at Tia Carrera on Instagram and on Twitter. And as she's on Facebook, check her out there. You can follow me on Instagram and on Twitter at The Only MC. And certainly, again, we're grateful to be here on the Popcorn Talk Network. And that is at the Popcorn Talk on Instagram and on Twitter. And we're live here every single Monday. So tune in. And if you want to be able to listen maybe in your car on a long drive, you can tune in uh, on podcasts wherever you get your podcast. be able to like comment subscribe tell a friend we offer this content for free we only just want to be able to inspire and that's what it's all about and you introduced me before the show oh, to yes. everybody's free to, to wear, wear sunscreen, sunscreen which is incredible go listen to that after that that is just such a positive message. I don't even know why I, how I got to know this song, but it's from uh, Boz Lerman's film, uh, Romeo and Juliet. Mm-hmm. And it's just these inspirational statements, one after another, set to music. And it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's in the framework of a commencement speech. But mm-hmm. I think they're words to live by, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and it starts out by saying, like, wear sunscreen. Like, that is the one go-to. And everything else, how you want to live your life. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we think which is a great attitude. Yeah. And certainly, you look back uh, on your career, which, I mean, is it... Is it wild to think, what are we, 27 years, Wayne's World? 26 years ago was Wayne's World. 26 years ago. And I started acting, uh, this year will be my 35th year. I shouldn't even say that out loud because then you're going to be dating me. Oh, no. You look incredible. It looks like it it was like three and a half years ago. You look (laughs) incredible. Stop. Yeah. Is that, I mean, 35 years? Do you you take time every now and then to reflect on. I was a fetus when I started. I was a fetal actress. Do you take time to reflect and be like, this is what I've accomplished? I mean, sometimes like when you get into the swing of things, you're almost too busy and you you don't appreciate where you are. You don't appreciate the things that you've done. Yeah, I I, uh, I mean, I, I have a 13-year-old daughter and she very much uh, checks me. And <laughs> I think when I had her, I was able to... Whew, okay, let me reassess where am I? And it's been this long that I've been doing stuff, mm-hmm. but now I'm into being, mm-hmm. you know, who I am and getting in touch with that as an individual. And, you know, I was living up in Topanga. We were living in Topanga up in the mountains. So you kind of, you know, unplug and it's this whole different mm-hmm. mindset up there. Yeah. And it's, uh, it was very helpful to really uh, assess. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in our business, the thing is everybody's so um, focused on achieving and climbing and climbing uh, that they don't take the moment to check in and say, is this something I really want to do? Is this the direction I want to go? Or mm-hmm. is this, you know, are the winds just taking me in a direction? You know, I think you really have to. That's why 
I have a hard to, it's scary for me to think about my daughter getting into the business. Um, because I think you have to be very strong and very clear to negotiate the treacherous waters that are Hollywood. Yeah. Um, you know, I've been taken down a few paths where I go, wait a minute, where did I, how did I end up here? I was aiming for that. And somebody just sort of said, well, this would be great. And look, well, let's go this way. Yeah. And it's very seductive that way with money, with opportunity, mm-hmm. you know, so. Is that, is, is your daughter wanting to get into the industry? No, or no. She other those... people, no. She's, she she's a, a wise girl, <laughs> and uh, she actually I, I did the um, I did the fifth grade graduation video, mm. and I was surprised. I said, "Okay, where where do you see yourself in your life? What are your goals in your life?" And she said, "I'd like to be an animator for Disney." I'm like, yes. "Oh, fantastic. I'm happy with that, honey." <laughs> Well, I know even your career, it's like you've done modeling, you've done singing, you've done acting, and you know, I want to get back of like, you were discovered... In a grocery store in, in Waikiki. In a grocery store. Yep. Like... I was 17. Like, what, do you remember the day? I, mean, I remember still... as clear as a bell. I was there just after a photo shoot, so I had full makeup, and I was wearing a t-shirt and a bikini and a garland of flowers around my head. They call it a haku headband mm-hmm. in Hawaii. And so I was, I was walking through the grocery store like this, which is, you know, it's sort of like, oh yeah, you blend. You know, what are you doing there? You like dropped out of this, you know, photo shoot into a grocery store. Um, but I was shopping and a producer's mother and father approached me and said, darling, you're gorgeous. You should be in my son's movie. Uh, they're looking for the female lead. And I was like, what? I've never acted before. You know, I'd only sung before. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they said, well, the casting director did uh, Karate Kid. Um, yeah, universal yeah. symbol for Karate Kid. <laughs> um, and uh, so it was all on the up and up. I went in and I read the part. I just made pretend. I had no idea what I was doing, and I got the female lead in this film. One of those, like, fake it till you make it. Yeah, I mean, fortunately, I had been singing in front of people. Mm-hmm. I had performed at the you know the Waikiki Shell for I don't know thousands of people because mm-hmm. there was a tra- talent contest called Brown Bags to Stardom that my musical partner and I had performed in a few times, and so I wasn't shy. But mm-hmm. acting, I had never done any acting. Were you nervous being on set then, or was it just it? it you're used to being in front of crowds. Um. I, I, I don't know if I was nervous. I just, I thought it was a great adventure. I just, when they told me I had the movie, I remember jumping up and down and screaming because I couldn't believe that I got this. I went in and read a part and I'd never mm-hmm. done it before and I got the movie. So Was it ever a thought at that point of this is what I'm going to be doing for the next 35 years? No, I did not. I always thought I was going to be a singer. Um, I always thought that the pinnacle of my career would be singing you know, at the Hilton Hawaiian Village in Hawaii <laughs> in the showroom. Uh, you know, Don Ho. You know, <laughs> there's a new Ho in town. I'm just I don't know. <laughs> the bubbles just got bigger. I don't know. I was thinking of catchphrases. I'm just kidding. I'm just well, kidding. I, I think I read your mom was a computer supervisor. Your dad was a banker. And it's mm-hmm. like, it sounds like those are very, like, blue collar, like, you know, this, this, this jobs. Where did your creativity come from? Or, like, wanting to do art in a form um, well, my family get-togethers were always uh, sort of everybody had to get up and perform, dance the hula or sing, mm-hmm. and you know, uncles and aunties would play the ukulele and sing. Oh and yeah! So there was a lot of music. It in was the always family. there, and it just was it encouraged as a career then, or just as a hobby? Uh, jeez, I, I of course there was never any thought that it could be an actual yeah. career, um, mm-hmm. but. Uh, 
fortunately that it, fortunately it did take me mm-hmm. in that direction because my grades weren't good enough for a, a you know I was a B plus student. Um, you know, I couldn't have gotten a, a scholarship, and mm-hmm. my family didn't have money to send me to college. So it's a good thing this whole thing yeah. turned out the way it did. It, it's just worked out just a little it bit. It worked out okay in the end. Moving move to the big city <laughs> of L.A., which I, I'm sure was just a, a learning experience Ooh. in itself. Yeah, it's uh, it was very overwhelming. I thought I thought Honolulu, Hawaii. Yeah, I come <laughs> from the big city, the big island, you know. <laughs> and then you come here and go, you know. Carthay Circle turns into Laurel Canyon on one side and Crescent Heights on the other. You're like, oh my gosh, I don't know where I am. I spent most of my time lost driving around Los Angeles. Yeah, I think a lot of people still do, which is (laughs) something coming here. Did you have a plan coming? And like when you in your first like several years in the industry, was it like I want to achieve? Now I'm in the industry. I want to be able to achieve this. Or now that I'm in, I want to I want to go in this direction. I mean, you said you still wanted to sing and. Like where was the where was a plan was there a plan? Uh, just work and you know this getting this movie was pretty amazing and uh, you know because I had a movie I could get an agent mm-hmm. and uh, because I had an agent I then got on General Hospital mm-hmm. so you know it's sort of like you work hard to get one bit of work and then that puts you winds in your wind in your sails to get the next piece of work and then that gets you to the next step so uh, you know. After but I think I was the next year that I got General Hospital, mm-hmm. uh, and then I was you know co-starring, guest-starring in other shows until yeah that was a big I mean General Hospital it's always been big and it was big then and to be able to get that just catapulted you it, and it made me money so I could continue <laughs> working you know and get into acting classes I realized at that point I didn't know anything about acting so I better get my butt in class and it was like ten to twelve one to four and seven to ten every day. Wow. I was in class as much as I could five days a week because, you know, you paid a fee and it was unlimited classes. So mm. why not take as many as you could? And I've, al- was- I've always wondered for, like, actors. I mean, it, it, acting classes, everyone who, who starts out is doing acting classes. It, as you progress in your career, is it still, are people still doing classes? Or what? how do how do actors continue to evolve and to, to learn? Are you doing uh, private classes or is it... Just continue. Uh, yeah, I did do that, and then I studied with a couple of other people in New okay. York and in LA. And um, then, if you're working so much, you usually don't have time to study yeah. with them. But you'll have like private sessions with different coaches mm. to work out pieces, and you know, mm. yeah. I don't know. And yeah. I've lately was doing some improv, which was really fun. You know, just to loosen you up from thinking about stuff all the time, the, planning things. Yeah, the huge thing is. You know Wayne's World when it when it came out it certainly was like another changed cat- my yeah, life yeah. changed my life General Hospital catapulted you know Wayne's World certainly you said changed your life what was there expectation of what that movie would I mean I, I'm sure you're looking you said changed your life did you expect it to change your life Nobody knew what Wayne's World was I mean it was the I think the lowest budget film that Paramount did that year so mm-hmm. nobody knew yeah and it, it beat was. some huge huge movies. movies it was the hugest movie that that year yeah uh, and it was worldwide at that at, at that time grossed 121 million dollars I think just domestically which is I mean huge in the yeah, early I was gonna 90s. say it was more because it was internationally we internationally traveled, we traveled was to even Germany bigger, yeah. and England and yeah. But there was no, I mean, it was like, oh, we're releasing this movie, but you just start getting that success, and then you just keep building on it with the with the movie of it coming out, and you're like, oh, okay, this is bigger, this is getting bigger, people are loving this. Yeah, and they're flying you all over the world, first class, and 
putting you up and, you know, Versace is throwing <laughs> clothes at you and you're like, oh, this is cool. Did you watch Just any of the... hold on for dear life. Did you watch any of the SNL? Because that was obviously it was based off like an SNL... I never saw this the the, the <laughs> skit on on SNL. So I had but I had there was I had one friend and he said this is going to be huge. I I don't know why he just knew uh, but uh, nobody knew what it was. But I remember when I read the script Scaramouche Scaramouche can you do the <laughs> fandango I'm like oh my god you know. Yeah, it's a queen that actually yeah recatapulted that song yep. to the top of the chart. I mean that just shows how big of an impact. Uh, and then of course had the sequel it, and there's been lots of talk in the past, you know, 20-some years for movie number three. What are we going to come out? I mean, what, which, you know. What, what are, I don't are, know. What would you do. be on board? For of course a, I would be on board. You get, they, they'd have to come and pull me out of, you know, a, a, a tiki bar in Hawaii probably <laughs> where I'm, uh, you know, mm-hmm. singing there. And then they bring me back to rock and roll <laughs> or something. Well, how would you like your character? Because at the end of... You know, the two, it stops where he, he just saves you from getting married. Mm-hmm. How would you like the story to continue? Where would you see that? I mean, because it, you know. I, I, I couldn't even, that's why I, it's so far out of my, the realm of my consciousness. I can't imagine where <laughs> these two, where these older people at this point, you know, if they're still living in a basement somewhere, it's just sad. <laughs> it's just a sad, sad story. That does seem like the thing of I mean, with Hollywood. I mean, do you see that? Unless they're Hol- TV repairmen or something. I don't Ooh. know. Maybe they work local news. Ooh. They got a local news show. <laughs> that seems to be like what Hollywood is doing now, though. It's taking, like, classics and bringing them back. Like, you even met Karate. Bill and Ted. Bill and Ted they were yeah. talking about doing again. But I don't, I don't think they've started on that either. But it's kind of hard. But if we, if we do Wayne's World through, because I think it was... Uh, like two or three years ago, even Mike Myers was like, "Yeah, like I, you know, I'd be open to doing it if we could do it again." So you're you're on you're on board. Yeah, I think they're on board. So let's figure it out. <laughs> Bonnie and Terry Turner, wherever you are in this world, <laughs> where's the script? What were people saying? Um, your family, your friends, about your career at that point? I mean, did that when it got so big, at, at dramatically? How did your world change? Uh, I was doing like double lunches and double dinners and just I was tired all the time. I remember I was recording the soundtrack for Wayne's World and I was in the studio with, you know, uh, Michael McDonald uh, and from the Doobie Brothers and and Ted Templeman from, uh, you know, uh, Van Halen producer. Mm -hmm. And I was like sleeping on the couch because I was so exhausted because I was just burning the candle at both ends and just mm-hmm. holding on for dear life. But uh, did that fame come with like newfound pressure of like, oh, okay, like every movie or project has to be a bigger one. Everyone has to be a bigger one. Was there pressure? Uh, for me, the pressure was to just hold on and put one foot in front of the other. I mean, because when it just takes off like that. It's so it's such a whirlwind that mm-hmm. you just have to take a deep breath, not have a panic attack, and just like <laughs> show up to work on time. You know, do the same thing you did all along. I mean, it goes back to the work. Just mm-hmm. do the work. You know, mm-hmm. um, all the rest of it. You don't know how it turns out. You know, a question in the chat with you guys are watching live. Uh, work these questions in because I love to be able to ask them uh, from someone who says you've managed to model, sing, and act. Did managers ever try to put you in a box earlier in your career? Because it's hard to do it all. 
Jeez. Uh, I mean, one thing just naturally led into the other. I mean, modeling was a great way to make a living mm-hmm. because, you know, how are you going to make that kind of money to pay for your, you know, acting lessons and your travel and all that kind of stuff? And it taught me how to do my makeup and how to pose in front of a camera and how to emote in front of the camera. So that helped a lot. And I got commercials, which is the next step. And then I was able to then, you know, be comfortable enough in the front of the camera to act, to cry on Mm -hmm. camera and all that stuff. So, and then I've always loved singing and I started out singing. So to go back to doing the music with my childhood friend, Daniel Ho, Mm -hmm. you know, that I won the Grammys for, um, we had always talked about doing music together and let's just do a a record of all your favorite songs from childhood and it just sort of evolved and you know I've always followed my gut yeah and they like you said they all intertwine especially now in Hollywood I mean you can do you can do everything you you shouldn't just be one almost you should try the guy in the corner with like a hey you want to buy one of these man you you don't want one of these here (laughs) I I got another one of these you want one of these Uh, another question we'll go to Neil in the chat says what are uh, your favorite memories from True Lies which was 94 right after uh, Wayne yeah True Lies some of my best memories or uh, some of my most indelibly imprinted memories we'll go ooh I like I like the phrasing on that well it was a great big action movie and uh, we I just remember being in oh there's two all both very traumatic (laughs) We were in the in the limousine. I was being taken hostage by Jamie Lee. We're supposed to take off in Key Biscayne. The helicopter's supposed to land on top of us. We jump in the car. The guy turns the key. The limo doesn't start. He's turning it. It's like, and the helicopter's going lower and lower. And Jamie Lee's like, ah! And we're like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. We get on the walkie. The car doesn't start. The car doesn't start. Don't land. Don't land. Oh, it was crazy. And uh, wow. that was pretty scary. So that's probably why it's in my head. And the other was the torture scene with this is Samir. He knows how to get mm-hmm. information out of people. Mm-hmm. That scene was shot at Van Nuys Airport, about three miles from the Northridge earthquake, which happened the day before. And I had all the dialogue. That was crazy. So we're there getting ready to shoot the scene. I have. Like, you know, I don't know, pages of dialogue mm-hmm. and and the hangar starts going gung, 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 gung. glass shattering, falling out of the windows on the ground. We're like, oh my gosh, this is crazy. Oh my. And I'm just like, mm, nobody's <laughs> gonna remember. Nobody's gonna remember that the earthquake happened yesterday. They're just gonna think that you suck, Tia. So concentrate hard and do a good job. That's like one of the biggest challenges being in being in, in a the zone. Stressful, stressful situation. And they ultimately did have to evacuate us from the airport because it was a gas leak. So we were evacuated, but I had to. I mean, the cameraman said, we have to cut because the ground is moving. I can't get a focus. Mm. It was nuts. But it was one of those cases where you just have to deal with, you know, what you have to do. I was there to deliver these lines to the best of my ability. Mm -hmm. You know, whether the earth was moving, whether glass was falling, whether the cameraman had to cut because there was no focus. Wow. It was was quite something. That's incredible. Yeah, yeah, that was something else. That's, I feel like, one of those things where, like, no matter what happens, you'll come across something that's challenging. You'll be like, well, I survived this. Yeah. Like, (laughs) I mean, it wasn't as bad as the... (laughs) It wasn't nearly as bad as the Northridge earthquake. Glass falling on our heads. No. 
What was it like being a, a female star in the 90s in Hollywood? Oh, geez. I mean, I, compared to what? It's, it was sort of this grand ride that I was on that it's hard to have a frame of reference. Um, uh, what's, what's, what's a more interesting thing to me is finding the ebb and flow of a career. Okay. Um, because, you know, there's that old saying, the people that you meet on your way up are the people that you meet on your way down and everywhere in between. And for me, being in the business for 35 years, I've always thought, you know, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Mm-hmm. I mean, be kind to everyone because that's how you want to be treated. And that's always served me well because in this long career, you know, I was at the pinnacle in the biggest movie, mm-hmm. in the biggest studio of it, you know, of the day. And then a long period of, you know, fallow time Mm of sort of like working steadily. But, you Mm -hmm. know, people don't really know these indie movies that I do or these series that I do. Um, But to continue to do good work and meet people and, you know, just the goodwill now coming back around with AJ and the Queen Mm -hmm. with all the momentum and everyone being really excited about it. My, 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 you know, representation, they're all like, this is the one, Um, you know, knock on wood because you never know. But, uh, that's the thing for me is is years later when you walk into you know the hippest coolest restaurants when you walk into uh, offices to have them go hey I worked with you on such and such and it's a positive experience mm-hmm. and I was working on stage next door to the rookie there was an actor there that I worked with on jury duty the Polly Shore movie however <laughs> many years ago and the director was directing the episode so like we're here and you know. Uh, sound stages next mm-hmm. to each other, and it, there's goodwill, there's you know kindness, there's mutual respect, and and that's a long life, you know. To maintain that, to me, is success. Is that a is that a lesson you think a lot of people in Hollywood who are coming up uh, sometimes learn the hard way with a bad interaction that they they're like they're like they burn a bridge and think yeah. oh I'm gonna I'm gonna get ahead though it doesn't matter. Yeah, I, I would I would say whenever anybody asks me, I say you know just be kind. Do your best. Be respectful. Mm-hmm. I mean, because that's that's the longevity. Um, I know people that will walk into a place and just want to hide their head or avert their eyes because they know that they've screwed over half of the place, you know. Yeah. And and that's not a comfortable place to be within mm-hmm. yourself and mm-hmm. out in the world. So. Yeah. And again, in a couple of years, you're gonna regret. You're gonna like. There's you're gonna regret that. Mm-hmm. Because that person who you thought was a nobody is going to do something. Is now a producer. Or, yeah. I've seen so many people that were assistants to people that were, you know, people dumped all over them and were rude to them. And and now they're huge producers today. Mm-hmm. And that's not the reason you should do it. But, you know, look what happens. It comes back and bites <laughs> you when you when you're not kind to someone because you think that they're not important. Mm-hmm. How do you stay grounded? What is it, do you have things for you that are like, I? this is something that I practice every week. This is something that I just keep in my life just to remind myself of like, okay, I, you are human. You're, you're, this, is a, this is your life that you're living. Well, I, I'm a big believer in therapy. <laughs> Some people, it's the church, it's therapy, it's yoga. I mean, however you get to that place. I, I like um, an analysis. I love... Mm-hmm breaking things down. I have a very analytical mind. Mm-hmm. And, and as I was getting very successful and very overwhelmed, I had to sort of bring myself down and say, okay, why am I feeling this way? You know, checking in with myself and, and figuring out why it was so scary, why it was so overwhelming, you know. Um, and then it, just to have someone say to you, 
Well, of course it's overwhelming. This is an overwhelming situation. Yeah. Of course it makes you feel crazy. This is a crazy situation that you're <laughs> in. Um, and it sort of takes that, that ah, you can sort of relax and go, okay, I give myself permission to have moments where it's a little crazy. Mm-hmm. And, and then, you know, allowing yourself sometimes unwinds all the knots in you. I mean, when you think about it, we're like a great big ball of rubber bands, all different mm-hmm. colors and stuff. And sometimes you just have to take it apart and put it in its box and say, okay, that's where that comes from, that's where that comes from. And once you sort it out, you're like, it's all still there, but you know how to deal with it. And you're not all tangled up and jumbled mm-hmm. up and confused. And we talked before the show about, especially you know, back in the 80s and 90s, it was so, like, it, everything was perfect. Every The studios, I think you said, tried to play that of, like, oh, this is perfect. Oh, this person is, is perfect with the role. Well, there was more, there was more control over the image okay. because it was before TMZ, mm-hmm. it was before phone cameras. I think that really changed the game where we saw, you know, warts and all behind the facade back then and even before, you know, the whatever, the movie star era mm-hmm. of, you know, Marilyn Monroe's and stuff. Now we know all the the stuff behind the facade mm-hmm. wasn't so pretty and perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you control the image and the story that goes out, and they only go out with famous people, it mm-hmm. all looks glossy and perfect. And yeah, you only get the paparazzi photos at the parties. You don't get the paparazzi photos outside their house. You know. Yeah. Now we have very little. I remember when the first time I saw, I was in the Philippines for a film festival, and I saw all these phone cameras come up, and I thought, this is going to change the world when people just can carry a photo or a video machine in their hand, and wow. there's no privacy anymore. Did you have to? Did you change the way that you were acting in public then? At that point, knowing that anything could be, it caught? kind of it kind of um, coincided. I came back to the states, um, moved up to Topanga. You know, had a child. Really unplugged during a time where, whenever I went into West Hollywood, there was always a camera there. When I was mm-hmm. going to pick up a magazine or go to the grocery store, I was like, "What is going on? This is a totally different game than I left." Because I left to U- live in Europe for about three years, mm-hmm. Canada and Europe, because I was doing a series called Relic Hunter mm-hmm. that's now on Amazon. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it, it. I came back to a, to a totally different game. Did you enjoy getting away from that? Kind of going and living in a different country, being oh, able I to escape. Oh, I love living in Canada. I still have a mm-hmm. lot of great friends up there. Um, and uh, I was in Paris, living yeah, in beautiful. you know the Saint Germain, which is the most oh. beautiful part of Paris for me, shopping wise. Anyway, <laughs> um, and then you know Spain and England, and it was great traveling on somebody else's dime. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I was living in Merchant Ivory's apartment, you know. You mentioned, uh, you know, they had the I had the huge high and had the lull, and thankfully, I was again with AJ and the Queen were so excited for that. The lull period was that uh, a transition for you that was difficult of not having not identifying. Yeah, 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 it can mess with your mind. I can see. Um, I actually thought about writing something about it because it's such a mind bender. Because especially, you see all these kids that come up. They become hugely successful, and then they're dropped by Hollywood, mm-hmm. and then they get into drugs and mental illness and, you know, whatever it is, because they're so identified with the image of them as stars mm-hmm. or people that go broke trying to maintain this facade that I'm 
you know, better, I live a better life than everybody else. And it's okay just to live a normal life. And it's okay just to be you. You're still, you know, the the kid that came from the wrong side of the tracks, that, you know, had pimples when you were 14 and all those insecurities that you had before. Just because you're rich and famous doesn't change any of that mm-hmm. on the inside. Um, and you have to work on that uh, because you're held up as more special than everyone, and then you're let down and you feel empty and you're wondering, where do I belong now? Who am mm-hmm. I now after this? Mm-hmm. And people get self-conscious and they you know, mm-hmm. hide away. Um, I think it takes a lot of work and a lot of honesty to be able to come through that and, and, and not be identified with the image in show business because it's a fickle mistress. It's Very a fickle, fickle, fickle mistress. And, and if that's all you have then you're left empty and lost and did destroyed. You, did you grow to appreciate uh, the the artwork in those indie films? Like you say, indie films that a lot of people knew about, but like there's still the, there's still the, the beauty of the craft and the beauty of yeah, the art. Yeah, it's still the those. same. I mean, like I love acting in front of the camera, comedy, drama, you know, action, um, and the work is still the same. Mm-hmm. You show up, you know your lines, you hit your marks, you do the best you can, you make pretend. I mean, it's fun. It's playing what mm-hmm. we do. Um, but the outcome, whether the movie comes out on a streaming platform or in a thousand theaters across the world, we don't have control over that. Mm-hmm. But we still have to do our best work no matter where people see us. Well, and now especially, it, it's becoming more and more of even like AJ and the Queen is coming out on Netflix which is now like that's where that's things big, are coming yeah. out that's huge more people will see it because yes. you can open up your phone or your iPad or your computer mm-hmm. and watch it and someone had to be on the forefront of that where yeah five years ago it was like oh it's a Netflix thing and it's like no like if someone would have five years ago embraced that and been like this is the future I want to be did. able to act. yeah <laughs> somebody and did. they're now the person who at that point maybe people were looking down upon but it's like now they're the they're the, at the forefront who's laughing now yeah exactly how did you how still do you approach every project do you have a, a thing of like I get in this mindset when I'm getting in a character or do you have a a mindset that you approach every job every you know every job's with? different you know whether you're working on a this one, I had to be completely fearless, you know, because I am comfortable wearing certain clothes. I'm comfortable, mm-hmm. you know, approaching things a certain way. But this one was sort of completely destroying all that and putting it back together in this crazy, colorful, wacky, insane, <laughs> um, you know, process. And I'm not the same person uh, that I was 26 years ago. And so it's 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 it's. It was liberating because I approached it completely differently. Um, in Wayne's world, I was like, oh, no, I, do I look cute in this dress? And, you know, wait, no, that one is uh, too, I don't know, whatever it is. <laughs> and, and and I was nervous and a little insecure. And now I'm more like, I guess maybe after having a child, it makes you feel like a superwoman. <laughs> I could do that. You know, that's my high water mark. I yep. can do anything. Were you challenged? I can do that without anesthesia. I can do anything. <laughs> were you challenged? It sounds like you were like challenged almost like every day on the set of AJ and the Queen of like stepping, like you said, stepping out of a box. What was it about that, about a, the role that you played? Uh, what I love about the character Lady Danger, uh, the part that uh, Michael had written, is that she is absolutely fearless and fierce and 
doesn't censor herself in any way. And you know how in, in real life you're polite and you're mm-hmm. sometimes bashful. There's none of that. So it was, <laughs> it was kind of liberating. Um, that's why I like playing uh, the villain a lot because mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's freeing. It's a freeing exercise. Do you feel I'm, that you have things to prove in Hollywood? I mean, maybe when younger people come on the scene, it's like, oh, I feel like I got to prove that. I got to, I got to show. I got to puff out my chest and do that. Do you? Did you feel that ever? Do you feel that now? Like, I still feel like I have this to prove or on a show that I can do this type of a character or role. I think I've been fortunate enough to play many different types of roles, mm-hmm. many different genres of film and television, and music as well. Um, it's more about what fires me up and what I really want to show, what I'd like to share, you know, with the world, you know, writing-wise, acting-wise, singing-wise. Yeah, what is it? What is still on the on the bucket list or the list of things that There's you want so to do? There's so many things. What do we so got? Many things. It. Well, it's 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 every day there's a different idea that comes up and it's, you know, just getting it out into the world. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, singing a different kind of music, you know, doing a jazzy sort of chill, you know, modern day Shanta's kind of record, um, you know, acting wise to do like a, you know, a small, quirky little ladybird kind of movie, mm-hmm. filmmakers at home, <laughs> uh, you know, being in a one room location film uh, where you can just go through the gamut of, of, of uh, emotions like The Room mm-hmm. that Brie Larson oh, was in. so good. Um, you know, I, Seeing some of the movies that have come out of, you know, Sundance and, you know, Sex, Lies and Videotape back in the day, um, you know, South by Southwest that's going on right now. I wish I could have gone there to see, you know, what filmmakers are doing. I love I love uh, new filmmakers with a fresh perspective um, in how to see the world and how to tell stories. That's that's what I'd like to do. Is that something that you would encourage younger actresses to do as well? Like be open to those kind of projects instead of being like, oh, I want to be the next major superstar be like explore do these things live your path and and learn in those areas i think a lot of people realize the the value in doing uh indie movies now um because of all the huge successes that have come Mm -hmm. out of you know south by southwest and and and, uh, sundance Mm -hmm. tribeca uh but you know far be it from me to tell anybody how to run their career if you're an actor, if you're an actress, you come up, you make your choice in who your representatives are, choose well, because you're going to be taking their advice on what to do, but always, you know, check your gut mm-hmm. if it feels right for you. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's all you can do, because nobody knows anything ever. Nobody knows <laughs> anything ever. That's what I know about this business, from looking at... Wayne's World that nobody knew was going to be huge, mm-hmm. maybe a handful of people. Um, we hoped it would be huge, but nobody knew for sure. To Lilo and Stitch was the smallest yep. m- movie that was Animation over at Disney. Just... Everybody thought it was going to be Treasure Planet that was going to be the two hundred million dollar movie. Nope, it was Lilo and Stitch. Yeah, huge. And that that started almost like that started other movies in that genre and in that kind of uh, animation as well. And that definitely uh, kickstarted that whole genre and realm. Was there ever a uh, thought of leaving the industry when you were in, your, in that lull? Was there ever a thought of not acting anymore? No. I, I, I was saying when before we started filming, this is the only thing I'm qualified to do. 
Even McDonald's turned me down. It's the only job I've ever had <laughs> while modeling, acting, and singing. Yeah. Um, but uh, I enjoy it. It's not, mm-hmm. you know, hauling bricks. It's not, you know, hard labor. It's fun what mm-hmm. we are allowed to do. And I've, you know, gained great success in it. Why would I yeah. want to walk away? I mean, I'm comfortable and I, I don't necessarily have to work, you know, doing this anymore if I didn't want to. But um, but it's fun. Every and it's a gift. A, it's a gift what we get to do. Yeah, Every day is a new experience, too. It's a new chance to be on set. It's a new role. It's a new, you know, group of people to work with, a new character to play. And even being here with you, getting to impart some of the bumps and knocks that I've gotten along the way mm-hmm. and hope that it helps somebody out there by telling them, you know, it's okay. Yep. It's not all p- pretty and perfect. And it's not supposed to be. It's a journey. Mm-hmm. We got a lot of, lot of people. Ch- uh, I want to go to Samantha says, how many different languages do you speak? Because I know you, right before the show, you spoke a different language. How many different <laughs> languages do you speak? No, I only speak English. I only speak English. But oh, okay. I did uh, learn those uh, that dialogue in Cantonese for um, Wayne's World, um, mm-hmm. which I learned like a song, basically. I don't even remember what it means, but I, this is how I had to memorize it. In French, I was living in, in Paris during my mm-hmm. series, and so that's, and I studied uh, French in, in high school, so there's that, but I only speak English. I speak American. <laughs> what is your definition of success? My definition of success is to be grateful and joyful going through your life and doing what you do mm-hmm. because you want to. Mm-hmm. And you like, like that, uh, the sunscreen, like you only get, you only get one life. Here's it. Here's how you live it. Um, in 40 years, 50 years, 60 years, whatever, when Jeez, people, when I'm 157 <laughs> years old, well, I, when, when people <laughs> look back on your career and your life and the things that you accomplished, what are three things that you want people to say? Or a couple things, one or two things, three things you want people to say of like, oh, Tia Carrera, oh man, she was blank. She was blank. If you want to be remembered, how do you want to be remembered? Well, I, I don't know if I'll be even a blip on the you know windscreen of life in 100 years, but um, I, I just hope when when people remember me, it will be that she was a good person, that she was kind, mm-hmm. and that uh, that she raised her daughter well. <laughs> that is, you have a you have an amazing relationship with your daughter, and it's yeah, it's good. I'm, it's interesting. She's thirteen. It's not amazing. It's hard sometimes, <laughs> but but it's awesome. It's the best hardest job I've ever had. Absolutely. Any uh, final words of wisdom for the for the audience? Jeez, remember to wear sunscreen. <laughs> There you go. Seriously, go check that out. Check that song And out. then go check out, certainly later this year, AJ and the Queen. AJ and the Queen. Watch that, this space. Yeah. That I'm very much looking forward to, especially what you're saying with your character, Lady Danger, oh and the things gosh. that you have to go through. Oh, my gosh. I can't. I just, like, I, shake my head when I think about the things <laughs> I do on the show. Oh, my goodness. Very excited. So that comes out on Netflix later this year. Guys, thank you so much for joining us for another episode of I Could Never Be Here on the Popcorn Talk. Again, we're live every single Monday sharing the stories of the people who you see on the screens and you're like, man, I wish I could be them. But that little voice in the back of your mind says, oh, I could never be, but you can. All you got to do is just stick it out. You got to be able to keep putting yourself out there, be able to keep taking the right risk and they will pay off. And again, as our advice for a better life says, everyone gets lucky, but those who work hard just get lucky a little more often. 
If you want to be able to follow Tia after the show, at Tia Carrera on Instagram and on Twitter. Check her out on Facebook as well. You can follow me at the Only MC on Instagram and on Twitter. And, of course, so grateful to be here on the Popcorn Talk Network, at the Popcorn Talk on Instagram on Twitter. Thank you so much for 50 episodes of I Could Never Be. What a great one this was. Thank you so much, Thank Tia, for you. coming Thank in and being open and up. We'll see you guys next week. From producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit popcorntalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. Here's the